welcome to the Namaste in Your Lane podcast. I'm your host, Auntie L, aka Lauren. And I'm Ayana, and my cool nickname is just cool, but I. This podcast is all about how to maintain your lane amidst the chaos of the world with your peace of mind as a priority. We're here to learn and share with you and from you all while leading with love. I know that sounds real woo-woo, y'all, but stick around. You'll be happy you did. Back at it again. I don't know. Something, something. Back at it again. You know that song? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I might. You left me hanging like that. (laughs) Hate to see it. Okay, that was that was an accident. Sorry. I'm gonna send it to you later. You're gonna exactly. I know. I'm gonna know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) How you feeling? In the kitchen. I'm still stuck. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Act serious. <laughs> Auntie. Yes. How you feeling? I am tired. Tired. I have like not been sleeping well the last two weeks and I'm over it. Mm. And then it's it's so annoying, you know, like when it starts to impact everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm on my muscle mommy kick. Yeah. Shit that felt like butter last week feels like bricks. Did you just come over there off the top of your head? I did. Was it I good? Kinda like that. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. <laughs> I'll be trying to tell myself. I still need to send you the videos of that girl, Craning, that I told you I like. Craning? Craning. She's like this fitness girly. Um, and she'd be like, it's just the bar. Oh, like, yes. It's just the bar. But I'm like, this shit not you just the bar. <laughs> very far ahead of me. I just, I just got back in the gym. And, you know, I think... Because it, it, it stems back, and we kind of talked about this in the um, group chat of body image and being comfortable, you know, with being uncomfortable, especially mm-hmm. going to the gym where it just seems like, I don't know, I don't know what it is about the gym. It just feels like a judgmental place when probably everybody in there is minding their fucking business. Really? It just, yeah. I don't know why I have that perception of the gym. But a lot of people do. Exactly. So it has to come from somewhere of like, maybe I see other people pushing themselves super hard and, you know, I don't know, but that's definitely my perception of it. So do a lot, do a lot of people be there when you be going? Not when I go, cause I go in the middle of the day. Oh, that's the best time. Yeah. It's, if anything, it might be one person in there, but they're almost wrapping up with their workout. So I'm in there by myself and I feel motivated, like I feel motivated to be there when I'm there on my own. Mm. So, I I pray to mm-hmm. be like you and Cam because y'all be y'all be getting it in at the gym. Y'all have y'all personal trainers. Um, but my man is taking baby steps. I love that for you, and that just reminds me because I know we talked about um, incorporating this journey like as a group thing. Mm-hmm. And I just got this um, mobility like PDF download, like daily mobility stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we can do that because it's for like stretching? yeah, it's only mm-hmm. like five minutes a day. And I love to stretch. I'm like, we can do that in yeah. my morning wake up. Because I, I feel like sure. we're all up around the same time. Yeah. Like, you can do that as a morning mm-hmm. starter. Yes. How are yes, you feeling yes, yes. now? Um, you know what? I am feeling... Hmm. <laughs> I am feeling very good. I think because this week felt like... Well, let me let me backtrack. I at first I felt very scattered and I think it has to do with this like Saturn return thing that we were talking about. I'm gonna delve into mm-hmm. that a little bit deeper. Um 
But there's just been this looming feeling all year of what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? What is my responsibility? What is it that I've been called to do? And I think that comes to me in waves. Um, and so I felt like that a little bit earlier this week. I'm like, I'm not really doing anything right now. I, and I think it's partly due to the fact that I've been so used to doing multiple things at once. And I, was just, I was just about to say that. Like, are you really not doing anything or does it just feel like We're you're not this? being as productive? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I feel like you'd be doing hella shit. <laughs> and I have to remind myself, I'm like, I'm doing this and I'm working full time, but I'm so used to like working and being in school at the same time and having other people's responsibilities as my own. You know what I mean? So when I have a bunch of free time, it's like, why am I not doing anything? Why am I, why do I have so much time to read all the books that I bought that I'm, I'm so overwhelmed with, you know, but I, I got out of that headspace because I realized like, and I was also just thinking like, what am I doing for me? I think a lot mm-hmm. of the work that I am doing and attention that I'm, I'm, pouring into has to do with work but I'm fortunate enough that my job it, I tailor made my job for me to be doing what it is that I wanted to do which is a blessing right because not many people can do that I know and like have your director come to you and say what do you want to do like, and me craft my own like yeah me give myself my own job title uh description of what it is I'm supposed to be doing like that is the blessing and very rare so it's like I'm doing what I want to be doing and getting paid for it at the same time and have leisurely time so I have everything, you know? And so it really took a perspective shift of like, girl, be happy that you have time to yourself to be doing nothing but resting and yeah. being. So it started one way <laughs> and ended another, which I mean, hey, I, I love landed a full in circle a, moment a, though. Yes, definitely a beautiful full circle moment this week. That's good. And it's crazy because like our topic today is being the oldest black, um, like the eldest daughter or whatever. Yes. And when you're saying just like shifting the mindset of not having to worry about everybody else's responsibilities, mm. ding, 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 mm-hmm. correlation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's correlation get into it. Correlation is not causation, though. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it, though, because both of us are, I think both of us are the oldest, both girls. Mm-hmm. I'm the only girl. Um, I have two younger brothers, and I know that both of us have had to assume much more responsibility than we would have liked to and I think because we were talking in the group chat earlier this week about like your Christmas Mm -hmm. family Christmases and stuff like that uh where we're still I think maneuvering what is ours to hold and what isn't so I'm curious from you what has your upbringing been like did did your upbringing play into assuming so much responsibility by being the oldest daughter I think so. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so crazy because, like, although all of our experiences are unique, I feel like there's a lot of overlap, a lot of the same, like, mm-hmm. themes and um, similarities between stories of just, like, the eldest black daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely feel like it's taken a level of um, – it plays a part into, like, the level of responsibility that I take on for certain things, mm-hmm. just how I show up in certain things, who I show up for, et mm-hmm. cetera, et cetera. Um, and I was thinking about this earlier just as I was preparing for today, and I was just like, we really got robbed. Yes, I 1,000% agree that we got robbed. But So go deeper into that. What do you feel like you've been robbed of? 
I feel like we got robbed of a childhood. Yeah. Like, and and that's no fault to anybody. Like, our parents did what they had to do. I but I, <laughs> <laughs> I I have let go of blame. Um, mm. But I just feel like we didn't have that carefree side. Because I was even thinking about it um, earlier today. I was like, just the stereotypes of each child. Like, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. oldest, mm-hmm. the youngest. Because I told you, like, when I meet people that I'm dating, I'm like, where do you fall in the spectrum? Because I need to know if you're the youngest and I need to know if you're the only boy. Like, because those are personality types. They are. That is so interesting. Like, where you fall in, like, birth order order. Mm -hmm. is a personality type. It is. So, as, so, let me, I'm thinking about that as far as, me and my relationship and it's funny because me and my partner are on completely different ends of the spectrum where I'm the oldest girl only girl he comes from three boys and he's the youngest boy and I think (laughs) (laughs) and I think it it at least he's not the youngest boy and the only boy because that's different that's very different yeah but and (sighs) Yeah, but it's still <laughs> it's tricky. Still yeah, it is <laughs> ghetto tricky. It's, it's tricky because I come from that very much wanting to and and feeling the need, not even wanting to, because I don't necessarily want to be a nurturer, but that's the role that I had to assume because I grew up in a single parent household where my mom was like working two jobs and I was the only one there and being the oldest and you know the role that women take on as far as being the nurturers and being more domestic, um, having to cook and clean and blah, blah, blah for, for younger boys. I think I've assumed that in almost all of my relationships and it has been a concerted effort for me to be like, this is not my responsibility and this this man is not needy mm-hmm. of me and he's not my brother. You know, I don't have to do for him as if he doesn't know how to do for himself. Um, whereas for him it's like I think sometimes he has this idea of like, oh, it'll 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 clean itself up or it'll get done when it gets done. Whereas there's a sense of urgency for me, like, oh, it needs to be done right now. Yeah. And that also makes me think about um, how do I want to word this? You know, like when we're just like, oh, it has to be this way. And they're like, nobody asked you to do that. But then you feel that sense of like, how dare you be ungrateful that I did this for you? Yes. It, and it's just that conundrum. And now and I, I feel, feel like that is kind of like how it translates into relationships Absolutely. as well. Because it's like you've been conditioned to do and think and be this way your whole life. Yeah. And when people are like legit, like I didn't ask you to do that. You can't right. be mad, but I want to punch you in the face I want to punch you. Because I dare you. Because <laughs> you're right. Nobody did ask me to do this because I have been put in a position to where nobody needed to ask. I've just recognized that it needed to be done. But now that I'm not in a nurturing um, role, it's now we have shared an equal responsibility. But at the same time, I haven't articulated that to you, mm-hmm. you know, so I can't necessarily blame you for it. But I do want to knock your block off when you, you easily when you <laughs> you act like what I was was raised around. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's how we're showing up in relationships, at least for me. How has it shown up in relationships for you? Because I don't you haven't lived with a partner before. 
not officially no yeah we've had like extended stays um but i feel like it it shows up in the same way like not in necessarily like the domestic labor of like cooking and cleaning and like doing laundry mm-hmm. even though some of those tasks do get done in the extended stays um i feel like it still shows up in the emotional labor side of it mm-hmm. like yeah you're having a bad day okay i'm gonna take it i will like n- not most recently, a, a couple of partners ago, um, I was dating this guy and he was like having like a shit week, shit day. I forgot what it was, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, let me take it upon myself to DoorDash you like your favorite trees yeah. and like all these kind of things. And it just shows up in that way. And then we got into like an argument, like not even an argument, but like a month or two later. And I was like, my nigga, I did that. He was like, and I appreciated it, but I didn't ask you to. And I was like, how do you know? I was like, I'll drop But this is interesting, though, because how do you, as an, as an eldest daughter and having been put in situations where you do for people without them having asked you to because you just assume that responsibility, how do you know the difference between doing something out of the kindness out of your heart versus like are those lines blurred for you of like I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart versus I'm doing this because it just feels like something needs to be done regardless I feel like it's out of the kindness of my heart um your response will still make me want to drop kick you regardless but (laughs) that's not going to change yeah what I'm going to do um that's where we differ that's where we differ (laughs) because I I realize that I think this is remember when we had a conversation about the difference between being nice and being kind. Mm -hmm. And so I think I have assumed such a nicety role because I was doing things for my siblings, I think out of responsibility, but also to be nice. Whereas, and that that niceness has carried over into adulthood where I was doing things that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And not only because I didn't want to do it, because I also realized like it's not my responsibility. And so I there are things that I do out of the kindness of my heart because I feel genuinely called to do them. But then I think still I'm I'm fighting with the idea of doing things because somebody's got to do it and I think that that leans more into the being nice and being docile and responsible for shit that's not mine and I think that's a great way to describe it because I've always said I'm not nice I'm yeah kind. you do <laughs> and and I'm pretty much just about to repeat what you said but I feel like the thing with niceness is that a lot of people are doing it for the external yes. versus being kind I'm doing this because this is who I am exactly. like I am going to do this mm-hmm. you can appreciate it you can accept it mm-hmm. whatever but I get an enjoyment out of this yeah. um, versus like being nice is normally like for the other person and yeah. I'm like Although, like, I want you to be happy and I want you to be appreciative, like, The onus is not on me. (laughs) The onus, and that's a big thing, like, recognizing that the onus is not on me to be responsible for how it is that you feel or what your experience through life is is supposed to be like. I think that's a lot of what I've had to unlearn as well of, like, no one... No one is going to die without me. Yeah. And I think that being the oldest daughter, there's a responsibility of like, if I don't get it done, then it's 
then something bad is going to happen mm-hmm. or somebody's not going to be taken care of. And a, and a part of it also is putting my needs and wants on the back burner to make sure that everyone else is good. And that's something that I've definitely had to grow out of. And I'm still learning that. So like when I was babysitting yeah. my brother's dog and I'm like, it's funny because before she even came to came to stay with us as like a trial run I already agreed to do it Mm -hmm. and I'm like and I think because I was so again so used to showing up for my family without thinking about how it would impact me um once she came I was like I really don't want the responsibility of taking care of someone else's dog and taking care of a dog I don't care if you have kids or not taking having a pet is like having a kid yes 100 percent and I, that's not the life. I'm living an auntie life right now. <laughs> and a, a dog just doesn't fit into that for me right now. And if I did want a dog, I would want the dog that I want, mm-hmm. even though I love her dearly. Um, and so it felt like a renege on my part where it's like I said yes, but now I'm saying no, but I, I said what I said. Oh, I was going to go one way, but now I kind of want to go another way. I'm mm-hmm. going to go the way I originally was thinking. Okay, so when or how... So this is a two-part question, mm-hmm. and you can dive, because I'm going to give an example, but you can dive into how far deep you want to go into your personal experience. But how and when do you relinquish the co- control and responsibility of being an older daughter? Mm. And I say that with the living situation. As far as being my partner? You and your partner. Mm-hmm. But, like, knowing that um, there was up for debate of, like, what the living situation was going to be. Mm, how do I relinquish control? So how do I relinquish control to do? Like of being the older daughter, like feeling responsible that you have to worry about the well-being of your family, your siblings, etc. You know what? It's funny, the wording of that, because back in 2018, that was my mantra. I released, I relinquished control um, and allowed God to guide me was my mantra because I have such a control, I guess you would call, call it problem. <laughs> because I feel like everything is going to be so wonky if I'm not in control. And so I think when it comes to my living situation, it's funny because last night I had a, I was having such an internal battle of, I feel like I need to put my energy back because I'm giving too much versus... Am I giving too much or am I not asking for enough help? Mm. And I have to remind myself that although me and my partner know each other very well and we get along very well, he's not a mind reader and we we did not grow up in the same ways. And so some of the things that I want, I have to be vocal about. And as you're learning your partner, as you always will be, um, Sometimes you have to reiterate certain things more than once, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just a patience game um, and a learning game between the both of us. Um, But I have to play my part and show up and be vocal. And I um, I want to say this week or last week, I was doing a tarot reading for myself and that came up of like, don't be scared to ask for what you need because you you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I have bear the burden of having not because I didn't want to be a burden to someone else for asking. Um, But then I also, on the other hand, on top of asking for what I need, I also just sit the fuck down somewhere (laughs) and realize like, 
and I think that's a good point from like even what you just sitting the fuck down, but Sit then also down. what you said earlier about um, things aren't going to get done right if I don't do it, and I feel yeah, like that's yeah, an yeah. oldest child conundrum, and, and it's, it's just like, not true. Who the fuck even made you who the dictator that? of what's right and what's wrong? Exactly. So that's what I was it's thinking. Not like done with how I wanted, yeah, and, and I'm like, I know it could be better. I know <laughs> yeah. for a fact I can do this better. Yeah, like I just think about like. Like how we said Christmas, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not planning it next year. Like, and you putting your foot down. Do what y'all do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like also being okay with knowing that it's not going to be as good, quote unquote, mm-hmm. as you would do mm-hmm. it. And that's okay because no one is going to die. Right. But y'all are going, and, and I think that's what we also have to be willing to do is let people realize. This sounds funny to say, l- let, let people pe- fuck up. Let people fuck up and realize like <laughs> what it is that you're bringing to a situation. But in an, essentially, yes, like recognizing that this is how much effort that I put into this. This is, you know, I don't want to say my reasoning for doing it because I think that that's evident. Um, but yeah, just letting people it's like literally letting people miss you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if if it takes everything falling apart for that to happen, then so be it. And it's crazy because what if they don't? In, in that's, <laughs> that's I don't know. Saying, it's like it's not a bad thing. Yeah, but it it's, it's not it's the a, end of it's the world. It's an ego. It's yeah. an ego punch. Ooh, is it? Because it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Y'all really don't give a fuck. <laughs> it, it, it's it's like an ego punch on so many levels. Because it's like, damn, y'all really don't care. Yeah, and then two, it's like. Y'all really think y'all better than me? <laughs> yeah. That, but you know what? I think. Like you said, as far as ego, we have to remove the ego aspect of it all because, mm-hmm. it, you know, as much as we want to, and I maybe I let me speak for myself. I I definitely want to pat myself on the back when I do a lot of the things that I do because, again, if I didn't do it, then it's not gonna get done or yeah. it's not gonna get done right, um, according to me. But who the fuck am I? Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, it's so it's it's such an you interesting. Don't know what you're that, doing either. I, I'm just doing <laughs> what I feel is right. And it could. And I found that in a lot of situations, I'm doing what I feel is right, but it's not necessarily what the person even needed. So I'm exerting unnecessary energy anyway. Yeah. Um. So again, it goes back to asking, like, what is it that you need for me? And then I can agree on what it is that I can do versus me just assuming all the responsibility up front um, or doing something that it, Doing something for you, because this, I think, is another aspect of being the oldest daughter, is not allowing someone to try something and and fail at it. Mm -hmm. We, I think, at least for me, like, I've been a safety net or cushion for my brothers to insulate the the fallout of Mm -hmm. if something didn't work out. Um, So like for instance, and my brother still does this and it's so annoying. (laughs) Like he will text me like, I'm trying to go on a date. Can you send me $20? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. 
If, if you ain't got no money to be dating, then you need to sit the fuck down somewhere. Find a free date. If, go walk in the park like Jill Scott and leave me alone. <laughs> and and my brother and him hitting me up for for money for his video games. You're not going to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you need to recognize what it's like to go without right. versus always thinking that somebody is going to be there. To provide you with whatever it is that you need. Right. Because that reminds me, like, a similar situation with my siblings. So, I have, what, one of the Chase cards or whatever. And I get free DoorDash delivery. Mm-hmm. So, everybody's DoorDash account is hooked up to my card. Mm. And um, it was just annoying because I'm like, damn, I know I didn't spend this much money this month. Mm-hmm. So, I did my my rounding up of my money. I'm like, if y'all got DoorDashes, even out your balance today. Lauren. The motherfucker sent me like three, four hundred dollars. I'm like, I'm like, do y'all not cook over there in that house? Let me not, because I've had my moments where I order out every fucking day of the week. But I'm like, y'all can buy groceries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Responsibility. I was just like, oh my goodness. But the thing is, there's no telling how many months Mm -hmm. that that has happened that I just haven't collected money. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so they're in like the house buying process right now. And I'm like, Y'all are in for a rude awakening. Oh, for sure. I'm like, y'all have never paid rent. Mm-hmm. Y'all have never really paid a, a bill. Like, when I was living You're at home. That's a big jump. That's what I'm that's saying. Like, when I was living at home, all we covered was the utilities. Mm-hmm. And between four kids, that's $100 exactly. a month. Yeah. Now y'all about to have utilities, um, a mortgage, homeowners if y'all move into a neighborhood. Like, so many things. I'm just like. They sink or swim. Yeah, because I can't pay my shit and your shit at the same time. I refuse. And my thing is, you have a mother. And that's who is, that is living, not me. Breathing and making more money than me. <laughs> Call your goddamn mama. That's, that's also a point. I think my brothers have, especially my youngest brother. So I'm 29. My youngest brother is 12. So we have a 17 year age difference. And I think he's always looked at me as like, not even his second mom, but his first mom. And although that's great because I love him dearly, I'm not your mother. Yeah. And you you need to go to the person that birthed you for come a to me lot for the of fun the, shit. Yes. Like an auntie. Come to me with all the fun stuff. Um, and then your mom can do all the hard, heavy things. Um, but I realized like it's been like as we were talking, it dawned on me that it has been much easier for me to not assume as much responsibility at work versus domestically within my partnership. When I say I don't volunteer for shit at work outside of what is my yeah. my actual role, and I know it's noticeable because I look camera off, <laughs> muted. Who can volunteer to take notes? Never saying I <laughs> because mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. It's easy for me. And I think it's partly due to the fact that I don't like the majority of my coworkers. So yeah. I don't want to go out of my way to do anything kind for them versus I love my partner and I like him. Mm-hmm. But then I find it like I don't like you because you you taking advantage of me being this kind of woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just a, it's a tricky balance. But I realized at work, I don't have this problem. Mm-mm. Insane, because I know so many people who put so much of their personality into their work, and y'all know me. Well, you just there to y'all the, the audience, y'all don't know me. Yeah. But my friends know me. I'm like, <laughs> capitalism can kiss my ass. Oh, for sure. Like, 
if I can sling horse shit for a day, and that make is two your times, favorite thing. Because yes. I will go out there in a stinky it. ass porn <laughs> and sling horse shit for an hour. Yeah. If that means I don't got to do all the politics of corporate America. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I like my team right now. Mm, my last right team. Oh, I couldn't stand them. <laughs> yeah. But the team I'm with now, I like them. I actually volunteer to do stuff. I'm on like our DNI task force. Yeah, you are doing things when do, outside when of When do your, I do that? Yes, I don't join nothing at work, but I like them. <laughs> I like them. So it's crazy because when you say that you do more in your, um, what do you call it, domestic partnerships, do you know your attachment style? I don't know it right. Tell me, tell, okay, so for the people who don't know what the attachment styles are, can you name them off? Yeah, so there's secure and then insecure, but insecure falls into anxious avoidant and no, it's avoidant and anxious, but there's like, there's like one more, but I don't know that one. Most people are in those three categories though. So I know that I used to be an anxious there's okay. It's anxious. Not, it's not anxious avoidant. It's it, anxious. it technically is. Okay. Anxious avoidant. So I think I know for sure that I used to be an anxious avoidant and I feel like I'm, I'm slowly graduating out of that to being, I definitely in this relationship, I feel much more secure, but mm-hmm. it's because we have such a good communication style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think right now, and I would love to take the test, but, um, I would say mama is secure. Mm, okay. Okay. And I was just wondering, cause I'm like, I wonder if there is, um, Anything that correlates uh, what attachment style mm. each 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 order mm-hmm. birth order child mm-hmm. has, I'm like that would be interesting. I feel like yeah, because I wasn't avoiding, I was anxious. I, I feel like anxious, yes, feeling like there's always something to be doing, feeling like um, the world is gonna fall apart mm. <laughs> if, if if I'm not showing up and and doing my part and then some definitely falls into that anxious avoid. I wonder what the avoidant part of it is though. The avoidant part is normally like when you and therapists don't come for me because I'm like <laughs> spitballing me because I'm not avoidant. Um, it's like a lot of times when people like have to self soothe, they go oh, inward yeah. and leave and don't want to like cling to anybody they just mm. want to be by themselves they handle things mm. by themselves oh i'm i'm still avoiding mm. <laughs> i'm still very much avoiding and i think it's because growing up as the oldest i feel like there wasn't anyone there for me to soothe me to that i could run to to talk about like what was wrong or what i was feeling i had to internalize all of mm-hmm. that um and i still do internalize a lot of shit yeah because most of the people that that i think of from just like my circle and people that i know that are eldest black daughters are avoidant Mm. i'm anxious Mm -hmm. well anxious secure depending on the day (laughs) um but i I was just wondering i'm like i wonder if there is any correlation yeah Um, yeah I, so another thing as far as correlation goes, so I was telling you before we started recording that, um, I'm going through my first Saturn return and I want to get technical about what your Saturn return is if you've never heard of it. So both of us use the Chani app and we are not being paid to plug Chani, but Chani, if you're listening, I actually, 
So we were doing a work presentation because um, we're in the throes of like planning for next year. Mm-hmm. And they used Chani as an example. Hey. I was like, I know that app. I got that <laughs> Love Chani. Love Chani. Love Chani. Um, okay. So I both of us are currently going through our Saturn return. And Saturn has everything to do with thresholds. Um, so if you look at Jupiter and Saturn, and we're getting into the woo-woo, woo-woo. shit. Yes, we're getting into the woo-woo. <laughs> so Jupiter is all about abundance is about um kind of pushing the boundaries whereas saturn is about putting up those thresholds to or seeing it as a container um or guardrails um to make sure because too much abundance is a bad thing whereas too much responsibility and too much restriction is a bad thing so you want an equal dose of both um but when it comes to saturn um you have three saturn returns in your lifetime and they're all about transition so your transition from childhood to adulthood to um adulthood to middle age and middle age to your elder years um and your first one typically happens in your late 20s to your early 30s um but saturn is all about responsibility and i'm reading this from chani's website um your saturn return is all about your responsibility um during your first saturn return you might have to account for things you've never had to account for like paying bills um learning about 401ks which i recently had to learn about (laughs) um navigating the housing market which ayana has recently had to do um but it's understanding your growth edges. Um, so she says that they have a way of bringing up realities about yourself or your situation that you have avoided in the past. And there are moments you realize there's no one else who can do this work. So you're really learning, like, what are my responsibilities? At least for me, um, my biggest lesson has been very much tied to being the eldest daughter of like, what is my responsibility and what isn't? What do I want to be responsible for and what do I want to relinquish? Um, and I I want to say, if I read correctly, and I think everybody is different. Um, some people's last for a couple of months. I want to say some people's can last for a couple of years. Um, but this has been a consistent thing for me all year. And I've and I will say I think I've been doing a fan fucking tastic <laughs> job of learning like what it, being able to speak up for myself and say, um, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this now. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel responsible for this. This doesn't feel good to me anymore. Um, and then not feeling bad about saying it. Mm-hmm. And that has always been a. Um, a difficult thing for me like <laughs> I'll say I don't like doing this for you and then I'll feel bad because I feel like I'm abandoning someone or I am just making something very inconvenient for them but now it's like I'm doing what is best for me and yeah. that feels good and that's what I have control over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so you literally just told me two seconds ago that I'm also in mine <laughs> um And I don't know, I don't feel like I've had that theme of figuring out, figuring out, period. Yeah. Um, It's crazy because, so earlier today I was thinking, um, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in a really good place in my healing journey. I'm like, I Mm -hmm. don't know what to work on now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, oddly enough, right, (laughs) this... um, 
guy that I've been talking to, he was like, oh yeah, like, what are you working on healing right now? And like, I named one thing, but I was like, eh, that's, that's something I will probably always be working on throughout mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, is it, is it egotistical to be like, I'm perfect? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely I'm not. Just I'm just saying, saying, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I was I like, do think there are, I'm not actively are, working on anything. I was just about to say, I do think there are moments where it's like you, you have a, a rest period. Yeah, so I was about to say, you can't always be healing. Yeah. That you're going to die. I, I definitely feel like if I'm not learning anything and working on anything for myself, then there's there's no reason for me to be here. So I definitely feel you. But I do think there are rest periods in between like major moments of healing for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And I and I think yeah, I like you have to take a rest. And whether that be a rest because you literally can't take it anymore, which is okay, yeah. or a, like a rest because you just you're at a good place. I feel like both of them are okay. And I feel like I'm okay right now. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And I feel like I haven't had to figure anything out right now because, so I live by myself. Mm-hmm. I have a good job. I figured that out last year. So technically before <laughs> you myself. have a good job. <laughs> yeah. Like I figured that out last year. Yeah. Um, so I guess I just haven't had to figure anything out because mm-hmm. I've been in a bubble. What I say goes. Mm, there isn't any resistance. Yeah. So... I haven't had to figure out like what does that boundary look like mm-hmm. in any form really I guess outside of damn Christmas but <laughs> <laughs> outside of that like I really haven't had much resistance on things like if I say I'm not gonna do it there's it's nobody here that's gonna, gonna right like to change you on my that. mind mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. for good or for good or bad mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. there's no resistance really so yeah so to the eldest black daughters out there who are trying to figure out like what is mine what is theirs whoever they are in your life um and who are finding it hard to lean into kindness versus niceness what would you say to them aside from going to therapy yeah (laughs) (laughs) what i started doing last year was saying no first Mm, because you would much rather me come back and say yes than me say yes and come back and say no once I've had time to sit with it Mm -hmm. and I just know me as a processor I have to say no first because I'm going to say yes and when I sit back and think about it without the pressure of you being there Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. so I lean with no or let me think about it before I say yes yeah and then additionally um listening into how I feel. So um, like if somebody asks me to do something and it doesn't feel right, even if I can do it, I have to sit there and process, should I do it? Mm -hmm, mm Because that was something that me and Miranda, shout out to my therapist, (laughs) um, port counseling, go find her. I don't know if you guys can have her, but nonetheless. Um, But that was something that we had to work through. I was just like, oh, well, I can do it, so I should do it because they would ask, and I know that some of the things that they would ask, they are literally not in the position to do, so Mm -hmm. I should do it. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't feel right. And now I'm just like, if it doesn't feel right for me... The answer is no. The answer is no. And, And also, I've had to start ingraining in people, especially for like, when it comes to money, I need to be your last resort. Ooh, your you've taught me that. Your absolute last yeah. resort. Yeah. Um, you need to have exhausted all options before yeah. you come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that just because me and my mom are the people that people, um, the people that, 
Yeah. The people that people lean on when it comes to like finances. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. because also I feel like what I give, I have to know I'm not getting back Mm -hmm. because in my mind, if you're already behind and I give you money to catch up, you're still not ahead enough to give me my money back. Yeah. So I have to be okay with giving it out. And right now my limit is $125. (laughs) So if you are a thousand dollars short, you need to find that other money because I'm giving you $125 and I still need to be last. I need to be your last 125 to collect. Mm. What about you? You what have ingrained that in me, for sure. Of like, you need to be my last resort. And you know, I've been in situations where people have asked me for exorbitant things. Like things that I definitely know that I want to say no to. But I feel like if I don't say yes, they're going to be asked out. Recognizing that no one's life, unless you have children, mm-hmm. no one's life depends on you. Um, especially if you are dealing with a, a grown adult um, yeah, you no able body. Yeah, least. you have to be able to let people learn, experience, fail um, at things in order to grow. Know that you stepping in for someone every time that they need you is you stunting their growth, mm-hmm. and that's not helping you or them as much as you think that you are helping someone. Um, I love your advice of saying <laughs> no first mm-hmm. because and and. Like she said, you don't have to necessarily know. You can say, let me think about it. Um, Right. If your no is not strong, there are other ways. Yeah. (laughs) Let me think about it. Give me some time. Because truly, you tapping into how you feel and knowing... this is this is exerting too much energy. This is going to take too much time, too much finance, whatever the case may be. You know what is comfortable and uncomfortable for you. Right. And um, I'm okay with a little white lie at that point, too. I'd be <laughs> like, you gotta let do. me go check my budget. No one I got money in the bank. Yeah. Let me go check That's my, my business. <laughs> <laughs> That's my business. Um, but also. Dang, uh, now all the people I say, let me go check my budget, too, going, no, yeah, I was. Yeah, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that's her business it is um, and my money <laughs> i would say um what i what i alluded to earlier was asking for help um knowing that you don't have to do everything on your own um even even when you so it's funny because on the one hand you'll say people can come to me and ask me for something I'm gonna say no know that you can ask and somebody also will say no but at least you exhausted your options and you're not trying to do something yourself um lean on your community mm-hmm. lean on your friends lean on your mentors your family um your co-workers even um when you need them um, so you don't feel as though you are moving about life without a safety net. Yeah. And I feel like you can also help redirect people. Like you don't have yeah. to be the solution for be everything. A connector. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm good for like putting people on in situations, putting people on to resources. Mm-hmm. Like I don't yeah, have to are. be the knowledge base and the solution. Mm-hmm. Like I can be one or the other mm-hmm. and I can have the autonomy to choose which one I want to be in this situation. Sure. Yeah. I love the ability of having choices yes. and uh, listen, give yourself choices. Don't feel like you have to default to what you were raised into defaulting to, which was being the yes person or being the go-to person. You have the ability to change how you show up if and how you please. 
Um, and you should take full advantage of that um, because I have and I'm still learning how to. And that's going to be a lifelong process because as you go through the phases of your life, how you want to show up in any given situation is going to change. So I'm about saying, yourself, that's a whole episode about like, because <laughs> like, that's scary. It like scary. you have to change who you who are. You are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who you are, let alone the perception of what people think about mm-hmm. you. Like you have to change who you are at a core. Yeah. But and that takes a lot of work. But know that you're doing it for your highest good, right? Um, and everyone else will benefit. Away. Yeah, everyone else will benefit as well as long as you are showing up authentically, no matter who you choose to show up as. Um, damn, that was a word. That was, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Sound like that? Yes. Um, okay. So, um, how are you maintaining your your lane this week? Um. I am maintaining my line. So like I said, I've been super tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am maintaining by not responding to people. Because uh, I just know stare. me like I, I, I'm i snippy. Mm-hmm. When I am tired, I am snippy. And I've been tired for two straight weeks. So I've just been not responding. Mm-hmm. Um, saying no. And I'm going to get a massage this week. Mm, good for There's you. There's massage week. I'm so excited. <laughs> what about you? How are you doing it? Um, let me think, you know what? I'm leaning more into that, that air quote empty space that Mm -hmm. I have. And, and just, it's funny because I told you in cam, well, a couple of weeks ago that I took a like needle point (laughs) or uh, embroidery with the the thread in it. I'll show you if you know, that seems like a very old lady pastime, but it's so (laughs) relaxing. Did you put a picture in the group chat? I don't think so, which I should have. I was like, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I'm going to show you when okay. we get done. Um, <laughs> but just doing what it is that I want to do with my time. And if it's nothing, then it's nothing. Um, and also letting my yeses be my yeses and my noes be my noes. Yes, yes, I wanted yes, that yes. comes through with snaps. Those are snaps, though. Yes, those are snaps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is another episode of Namaste in Your Lane. Enjoy your week, everybody. See you next Have time. A good one.